0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Well, today I feel like the Lord has put a special message on my heart for you, and it's called Breaking Point. And you know, this message is all about the word surrender and You know, this is not a fun word. Surrender is not, it is not an easy word. But I want to uh, read read for you and tell you about the story of Jacob. And surrender is an important part of our spiritual journey, not just as moms, but also as believers. So before I read the passage with you, I want to give you just a little bit of a summary of some of Jacob's life. You know, Jacob, he was a twin. Esau was his brother, and they were the children of Isaac and Rebekah. And, you know, I thought about twins. Um, My mother-in-law, she's an identical twin. One of my good friends, she is an identical twin. And then my sister, she has fraternal twins. And it's amazing how identical twins are so much alike. You know, they talk alike. They look alike. But then fraternal twins are like polar opposites. You know, my sister, she has a boy and a girl. And one of them, she's Miss Sassy Pants. And then the other one, he's just so chilled. And, you know, I think about Jacob and Esau and how different they were based on what the Bible tells us about their life. And Jacob, he was favored by his mom. And Esau was favored by his father. And when Isaac was getting close to death, he wanted Esau, he said, go out into the field and I want you to kill me an animal, bring it back, and then I'm gonna bless you. Now, what's the significance of that? Old Testament blessings of a father were very significant because they included a promising word of inheritance and a prophesying of the future. Now, while Esau was gone, the mama got involved and she said, hey, Jacob, Let's get you that blessing. And she helped Jacob disguise himself where Isaac, he was half-blind, he didn't know. And so Jacob gets the blessing. Esau comes back from hunting for his father, realized, Jacob, you got the blessing instead of me. He was angry and he wanted to kill his brother. Well, we see Jacob had to flee to keep from getting killed. So 20 years later, Jacob says, hey, I need to return. And I need to restore peace with my brother. Now, that's something significant right there. And it was when he was on that return journey that he wrestles with God. And that leads me to the passage I want to share with you today in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. So, if you have your Bibles and you're gathered around as a family, or maybe you're alone in your home, turn to your Bible in the book of Genesis. In verse 32, it says this, during the night, Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two servant wives. Now, he got the double plus the double portion blessing right there. Mike can only handle one wife here. And he had his 11 sons and he crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. Now look at verse 24. This left Jacob all alone. Now if you have a pen there underline that word alone in your bible. It left him alone in the camp and a man came and wrestled underline that word too. Wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of its socket. And then the man said, "Let me go. Let me go." Underline that in your bible. For the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. Here he is holding on, unless you bless me. Now I read this story and I think, wow, my life has been one big wrestling match. You know, I think about moms and what we all wrestle with, you know, or or even struggle with. Some of you have struggled to have a baby. Some of you have struggled through the process of adoption. You know, we struggle with lack of sleep, maybe keeping the groceries stocked right now. Can I have an amen from the mamas? Cooking all those meals during the quarantine. You know, our diet and exercise, maybe our time and schedules, keeping up with the cell phone, protecting our kids, feeling overwhelmed, feeling unappreciated, all of our insecurities. Do you ever want to just throw your hands in the air and say, I surrender and I give up. I am done. You know, Jacob The story is so much about surrender. And notice that he was about to reconcile something. Something very significant was about to happen in his life. But the struggle had to come before. See, when God is about to do something significant in your life, I believe there will always be a struggle. Now here's some preconceived ideas about surrender. Surrender feels like it's a loss of power but it's actually accessing true power. Surrender feels like defeat, but it's actually walking in victory. Surrender can feel like death, but it's actually life. Surrender can feel negative, but it's actually positive. In our war and culture, surrender is viewed as a loss. Some people think surrender is just doing nothing, just giving up, but it's actually doing what God asks us to do as believers. Surrender can be viewed as passive, but it's actually submissive. Surrender can be viewed as a bad thing, but can I tell you as a Christian, it's one of the best things that we can do. I want you to think about this. Surrender, is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it an emotion? You know, I believe surrender is actually getting off of the throne of your own life whoever that is, whatever that is, whatever feeling that is, the truth is whatever, whoever, it was never really ours to begin with. You know, I thought about some things personally that I've had to surrender in my own life. And I made a list and I wanna share it with you. The first one is my husband. You know, we've been in July, we'll be married 24 years. And I can remember when we first got married and how I'd put him up on this pedestal and just, you know, he was gonna be my everything and he was gonna just make me happy all the time. And the Lord said, hey, you need to surrender that to me because I'm the only one that can do that. I thought about friends, you know, from junior high to adulthood, maybe you're a junior high student, you know, maybe you're a high school student, maybe you're a college student, you know, even moms in adulthood, we've had to surrender some of our friendships. God said, no, that's not best for you. I thought about my health. You know, there've been times I'm like, God, why won't you just heal me of this? Have you ever been there? Have you been frustrated? I thought about my kids. This is a big one. Learned a lot about surrender through my kids. How many of you, if you have older kids, Or maybe right now you're walking through the toddler ages. You know, I thought about the age two and three. You know, a lot of people call it the terrible twos. But with my kids, I felt like the twos were okay, but we had the terrible threes. And I think it's because there was this wrestle with independence. Do you remember that? It's like from birth to three years old, you're doing everything for these kids. You're feeding them, you're changing their diapers, you're putting their clothes on. I mean, everything. And then all of a sudden they turn three And they want to do it all themselves. And you're like, oh wait, how do we do this? How do I let go and let you do all of this? Well, fast forward 15 years later, you know, my kids are a little bit older, my older two, and I can remember having a conversation and, you know, can I just tell you, kids, your mama needs some grace, you know, for 18 years of your life, we have been involved in your emails and your school schedule and taking care of your insurance and bringing you to the doctor and the list can go on and on. But then all of a sudden, they don't want us to tell them what to do. You know, and you know, I found myself being like, okay, I need you to give me some grace because as I'm letting go, you know, I'm having to learn, to, oh, don't say anything unless they ask you. Don't give your opinion unless they ask you. We have to surrender things in our life with our children. The next thing, I thought about my will and my desires. You know, my, my idea of how I thought things should have been. Or maybe your dreams. You know, my dreams. That's, I can hear God telling me, that's not what I wanted you to do with your life. You weren't good at that. This is one. This is better for you. You know, God has a better plan. And then the, the final thing I listed was being uninvited. You know, I don't care how old you get. When you feel left out, it hurts. It's something you have to surrender. And my oldest daughter, she, um, she posted this the other day, and I thought, wow, it was so profound. It says, when you're, when you're left out or maybe being uninvited, it says, sometimes God's protection looks like people's rejection. Sometimes God is protecting you. You know what? If He wanted you at that party, if He wanted you at that gathering, guess what? You would have been there because the Bible says He orders our steps. So, you know, we have to surrender so many things in our life. And, you know, surrender can be such a lonely, a very lonely feeling. You know, in your Bible, in verse 24, you underline the word alone. And it says, Jacob was alone. Sometimes I believe we can feel alone because God wants our undivided attention. He wanted Jacob's undivided attention. You know, and when, we, when He has our undivided attention, we have to lean completely on Him. So let's talk about surrender. Surrender will require you to do two things. Number one, the first thing I believe surrender will require you to do is let go. If you're in your house today, say that out loud with your family. Let go. You know, you have to let go, whatever that is, past mistakes, past hurt, disappointments, maybe regret, current control. You know, sometimes we have a tendency when God will give us something that we just smother it, you know, or when God gives you a child, you're more committed to the child and his or her desires than you are even to God or even get them to God's house. You know, we have to let go of our rights. Just like, you know, Esau, he felt like the birthright, that was his right. And he got so angry. It can be so difficult letting go and not being in control. I, th- I thought about this. You know, how many of you are backseat drivers, or maybe you're a side seat driver? You know, I thought a couple years ago, um, I was in a car accident. And for those of you who have been, and you've experienced this, sometimes when you get back in the car, you get a little nervous. So I found myself, as long as I was driving, I was fine. But when I was in the passenger seat and somebody else was driving, I was a little on edge. No, I was a lot on edge. Like, I just felt like someone was gonna hit me again. And you know, Mike, he, he would be driving and I would just be like, babe, slow down or they're gonna hit you. And he's like, babe, I got this. Well, it wasn't too long after when our um, other daughter began to drive, she said, mom, dad is really a crazy driver. And I thought, thank you, babe. That really validates how I feel it actually wasn't the car accident. It is dad is a crazy driver. All right, I got to tell some stories on him too. But anyway, our own control will get in the way. You know, Jacob's name means deceiver. He spent his whole life trying to control people through his words. And before he wrestled with God, he even wrestled everyone in his family. Even it says in the Bible that he had at birth he was grabbing the heel of his brother Esau. He was trying to be in control. See, Jacob wanted the promise. He wanted the blessing. He wanted the birthright and he wanted the blessing of Abraham to flow through him. And this is what God had for him, but he tried to control and manipulate the situation. And the mom didn't help the situation. See, the birthright was about the land and the blessing was about the nation. You know, it said, I will make you into a nation becoming the tribal leader. It was the promise for him, the blessing. You know, sometimes as moms, we try to play God in our kids' lives, you know. We manipulate it. We try to control the situation. But are we really trusting God's process in their lives? You know, I thought, we do everything all this work, we do all this sacrifice for our children, and we think we've surrendered them to Jesus. And I think it's when we realize that we are no longer in control that we probably never really surrendered them to Him in the first place. And that was a painful lesson for me personally. See, even though we know God has a plan for us, we have to surrender not only the who and the what, but we have to surrender the how and the wind, because God has a process. God gives us the goal, but He is in the details about how it's going to happen. You see, Jacob's mom, she rushed rushed the process. She got in the way. She had her own agenda. She wanted to do things her way. Can I tell you that forcing things will frustrate things. When you try to force something, it will frustrate things. And what it does, it creates a counterfeit version of what God has promised. I want to encourage you, don't force things. It will make you frustrated. You know, I thought about this illustration that we've all heard about, you know, the crock pot versus the microwave, or, or now we've got the instapot. You know, I, I always think of God as like a cro- crock pot. He's got like the the process, it's slow, it marinates, it gets cooked just right. You know, he's not into the microwave or the Instapot or doing things so quickly, you know? And, and I even thought about this quarantine right now. Like, you know, it almost feels like we're in the crock pot stage of life. Things are slow, slowing down a little bit. You know, I, I'm not sure I want to go back to the microwave Instapot days, you know, God is trying to get our attention. You know, he's he's doing something right now in this process. And our mission in life can't be about what we think is best. It has to be about his plan, his kingdom. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. You know, maybe God might ask you this. You know, think about this. If God were to sit you down and said, hey, I wanna ask you a few questions. And he says, am I sovereign? Am I trustworthy? Maybe you can ask yourself these questions as moms. Can I trust that God loves my kids more than I do? Now that's a tough one. How about can I trust that He has a better plan? That His ways are higher than my ways? That is hard sometimes. That can be one of the most difficult things is trusting when we don't understand or we're out of control. You see, God is more interested in what's happening inside of us than He is of what's happening around us or something we've wanted or something we've asked for. God is more interested on the process inside of us. You know, if it's not a struggle, it is probably not surrendered. You know, it's interesting to say that Jacob You know, he struggled all night. Have you ever found sometimes when you're struggling that nights are the worst? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's dark outside, but sometimes the struggle at night is so difficult. You know, there's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of pain in surrender, a lot. But I've learned that in my life that surrender won't always make sense. It won't. You won't understand everything that God tells you to do. I love the scripture in, in, in John chapter 12, verse 24, and Jesus was so clear when He talked about this. He said, and listen with your spirit when I read this, it says, "'Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, "'it remains only a single seed. "'But if it dies, it produces many seeds.'" How do you live a productive, fruitful, surrendered life? We have to die daily. You know, surrender's not just a one-time thing that you do and then it's over. It's daily. It's a lifestyle, surrendering things to the Lord. You know, sometimes I wrestle way longer than I should. How about you? Do you sometimes just have a hard time letting go and you wrestle? And it's like the Lord says, just let go. I've got this. I'm in control. Now look at verse 25, we read this already, but it says, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Ouch, breaking points. Let's talk about breaking points. Have you ever had one? If you're a mom, I know you have. I'm very certain you have. You've been in a quarantine for two months and you have been with your kids for 24 hours, seven days a week. I am certain that you have had a breaking point. You see, God knows how to break us to our breaking point. I'm sorry, God knows how to bring us. He doesn't break us, he brings us to our breaking point. And there are things that God may dislocate in our lives to get us to that point. God knows the timing, and he will not wrestle with you forever. God may dislocate you, but he won't break you. It's just a gentle and loving teaching It's a pain out of love and it's for a reason because see, God, remember, He's way more concerned about what's happening inside of you. Now let's look at verse 26. It says this. We read this already, but I want to uh, draw attention to it. Then the man said, let me go. Here it is, letting go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. Here he is holding on unless you bless me. All right. So let's look at point two. First one we said let go. The second one is holding on. Okay, they, they really don't go together, do they? I got to let go, but yet I got to hold on. Here's, here's what Jacob did. He let go of the things that didn't matter and he had to hold on to God. Look at verse 27. It says, what is your name, the man asked. And he replied, Jacob. Verse 28, your name, underline name, will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. There's victory right there. Verse 21, it says, please, you see his desperation, tell me your name. Jacob said, why do you want to know my name? And the man replied, then he blessed, why do you want to know my name? I'm sorry, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob There. Now from the beginning, Jacob wanted a blessing, but what he needed was a new identity. Did you see Israel became his new name? You know what Israel means? Wrestles with God and prevails. Jacob won not because he was stronger than God, but because he held on to God. His victory came in his surrender to God. You see, anytime God changes a name in Scripture, it's always about destiny. You know, how many of you have placed, if you've had a child and you're trying to name that child, man, you place significance on the name of that child. You know, maybe it's it's the meaning. That's what's important to you. Or maybe it's named after a great-grandfather or a great-grandmother. You know, we place significance on the meaning. Can I tell you today that some of you God wants to give you a new name, and it is not connected to your past. You see, the Israelites got their name after Jacob, not Abraham, Jacob. You know, sometimes moms, we pour all of our time and energy, and even our own identity can become our children. And then when they leave home and they no longer need us, and then we're kind of like, okay, well, what's my purpose now? Can I tell you, you have a purpose and you have an identity way beyond your children. You have purpose, you have identity, you have a name, moms. Look at verse 30. It says, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Jacob names the place Peniel, face of God. You know, sometimes we don't truly see God until we have wrestled and gone through a struggle. You know, I thought about a wrestling match. Um, You know, in a wrestling match, you got to really get up close, right? You got to get up personal. you got to get in each other's space. you got to get in their face. So, you got to get close when you're wrestling. Moms, do you ever feel like you're in a wrestling match with your kids? But why, mom? How come? I don't want to. Do I have to? I mean, it's constant. You know, I thought this other, other day, you know, sometimes I've had these thoughts like I'm talking to my kids in this kind of inner voice. It's just me. Have you ever done that? And I'm like, well, when they become a mom or when they become parents, they'll just maybe understand me better and know what I put up with and all the struggles I had to be their mom. And maybe they'll just appreciate me. Have you ever had those voices and just talking to yourself? You know, and it was like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, this was just yesterday. And he said, you know, maybe that's what Jesus says to us. To us. On the other side of this, when you see me face to face, all of this struggle will make more sense to you. You see, we have a tendency during our struggles to remove God or, or really drift away from Him. I, I know there are times in some of my hardest struggles I've, I've felt so close to God, but then there are other times like I've felt like I can't even pray because I'm in so much pain and it hurts and I just have nothing left, nothing left to give. But you know, the closer you get to God, the easier it is to hold on to Him. If He's close, you can hold on to him. And if you're close to him, you can see his face. You can see him a lot more clear. You're up close. You see, surrender is about clinging to God and letting go of everything else. I believe God wrestles with us because he has a future for us, just like Jacob. He was wrestling. There was a future. And until Jacob had a divine wrestling with God, until he had a very personal struggle With God. That's a key word. With God, not against God. It was a struggle with God. You know, his faith became solid when he went through the struggle. You see, God doesn't wrestle with his enemies, he wrestles with his children. He we wrestle against our enemy. Look at the the scripture in Ephesians, you've all heard it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. You may wrestle with them, but you're not wrestling against them. You are wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly heavenly places. We're not wrestling with our children. I mean, against our children. You know, it's interesting. I love how the Bible just connects so many things. But in Genesis, there's three particular passages that say um, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. But it doesn't say the God of Jacob. It's the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And it's not until Jacob wrestles with the angel that we hear and we read the Bible say, and the God of Israel and the God of Jacob. So you see, his future was marked by his wrestling. He is the God of Abraham, he's the God of Isaac, and he is the God of Jacob. God had a plan. Now look at verse 31. We're about to wrap this up. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. Now, I want you to underline that word limping in your Bible. And I want to use a little illustration here about limping. Um, You know, none of us want to walk with a limp. If you see here, this is kind of like a, a stick here for support and you know, Jacob had a limp. He struggled and then he had a limp. You know, I believe the limp is always a reminder of the faithfulness of God. You see, nobody wants a limp, but everybody probably needs one. It reminds me and you of who is in control. You see, Jacob walked with a limp and he probably had to have a little bit of support. But can I tell you, he walked. He walked. Jacob walked with the limp, but he kept walking. He was able to move forward. See, we are permanently marked by our surrender church. The limp was a continued reminder of his encounter with God and the blessing around him. And if you've been following us, you know, with our... our um, sermons that we've had the last few weeks in our series we've talked about the Israelites and you know when I thought about the lamp, I thought about the scripture in Deuteronomy 8 verse 10 and 11 and it says this it says when you have eaten your fill be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you there's the blessing but that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, His regulations, and His dec- decrees that I am giving you today. Don't forget. The lamp is a reminder. Don't forget. Can I ask you a question? Maybe you have a hidden lamp. Maybe nobody can see it. Maybe you have a limp that everybody can notice and they know what's happened. What is your limp? Do you have one? You see, the truth is we all carry a blessing. You know, maybe your limp is a loss of a loved one. Maybe your limp is you were abused as a child. Maybe you have health issues. Maybe that's your limp. Maybe you got laid off during this quarantine after so many years. You know, maybe you're struggling to have a baby. I don't know what your limp is. But you see, your limp is a reminder of the faithfulness of God. You won't wrestle with this forever. You see, none of Jacob's descendants ate that tendon of that bone that gave him that, where that limp was. You see, it impacted future generations. It says none of his descendants, they all remembered this limp you see, our struggle is never just about us. Our surrender is never just about us. It's about those around us, those coming after us. You see, God can use your limp. God always uses our limps. You know, one day, I'm so thankful, this limp, we all have them. One day, this limp is gonna be laid down. We're gonna be the arms of Jesus and we'll no longer have limbs. We'll lay them down at the feet of Jesus because we'll be in His presence. You know, I thought about on the other side of Jacob's pain and his wrestling, we talked about the impact it has for those around us or those after us. You know, on the other side of his pain, we see that he had a new name, he got new identity. He got God's blessing. His relationship with his brother was restored. He had protection during the famine, and we see his family grow into a nation. God's hand was on him, but you know what? He always had that limp as a reminder. God, you were faithful to me. You blessed me, Lord. You see, I believe that our God takes full responsibility for those who are completely surrendered to him. You know, I've learned sometimes the joy and the intimacy with Jesus. It's not really appreciated during the struggle. Now, later we look back and we're like, thank you, Lord. I have a closeness with you that I never would have had. I've been able to impact people that I never would have had I not walked through that. You see, God has purpose. We never appreciate it while we're going through it. It's painful. The wrestling, the struggle is painful. Painful, but can I tell you, there is a blessing in your wrestling? Come on, Hamanism. There is a blessing in your wrestling. You see, there may be fear, some of you may be fear in letting it go, but there must be some faith that causes you to hold on. You see, I believe God will wrestle us, He will break us so that He can bless us. You know, Jesus demonstrated, he was the ultimate example for us when he went to the cross about surrender and his struggle. And you all remember it. He said, Father, as he was about to go to the cross, he said, not my will, but yours be done. If this is what it takes, a seed to die so that millions of seeds can live, that's me and you. He surrendered. You see, he surrendered into death. So every time that I surrender, every time that you surrender, we can find more life. Aren't you thankful for God? Aren't you thankful for Jesus? You know, I wanna encourage you today, moms, businessmen, college student, high school student, junior high student, whoever you are, grandmas, grandparents, you're single and you're watching, I wanna encourage you, surrender your plans so that you can be a part of so many God moments. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.